0: Welcome here to Wake of Call with Dan Tortora's very special one-on-one conversation with someone who's no stranger to the broadcast, and that's Mr. Hal Cohen coming to us from Syracuse Orange men's basketball history, wore the number 10, you see his jersey up on my social media, and I'm very happy to have Hal here on the broadcast to speak about basketball and life in general. Our conversations are always fun and they truly embody where sports meets life, which is our tagline here on Wake Up Call. So with that being said, Hal, how are you? Hal, how are you doing? Good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So. You know, Hal, I mean, kind of, what's been going on? I mean, we talked last basketball season, so I'd love to know what's going on in the world of Hal Cohen.
1: Well, um, I've retired from um, uh, my job as a radiologist in Syracuse, New York, and my wife and I have moved to uh, Florida, and um, we're enjoying the weather down here and um, being out every day in the sun and walking and exercising golf and tennis and things like that and we've got four daughters uh, spread throughout the eastern coast here and so we've been visiting them and one grandchild now so uh, um, so we've really been enjoying it
0: what part of Florida did you choose
1: yeah no we um, we moved to uh, Palm coast and uh, we really enjoying the weather and uh, you know we're not far from the beach and um you know every day is a nice day and um you know you can get out and walk and run and tennis and golf and pickleball and you know it's kind of like uh kind of like camp you know
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and um I think also being retired it's it's you know you know when you wake up it's like you don't know what day it seems like every day is a saturday type of thing so so we're enjoying that we have the four daughters that we uh, four daughters we like to visit and uh, so they're all scattered throughout the north uh on the, uh, along the uh, eastern side of uh, the united states here so we've been doing a lot of traveling and uh, so we've been really enjoying it
0: yeah you know it's It's special. You said, like, every day is a Saturday, which has got to be awesome, and, you know, Palm Coast to me, I mean, it has a certain smell. It has a certain feel to it. You know, it's it's in between St. Augustine and Orlando, and so I've been to Palm Coast before. I've driven by it a million times, and there's just something there's something that like draws me to it and every time i go by because there's a big uh like there's a water tower and it says and it says palm coast and there's, there's something about like every time i go by it something inside of me is like i gotta go there eventually again i gotta experience it i gotta spend more time at the uh at the Palm Coast, so I have every intention of doing it, because I get some type of feel when I go by, so, for,
1: it was was probably me, it was probably me when you drove by, I can can sense Hal Cohen is there,
0: yeah, well that's the thing, I'm like, now do I have like a place to come and like, visit and say hello, come out and see Hal, (laughs) well
1: I'll tell you the nice thing about Palm Coast, as, not that the other places are not nice, but, when you get off the exit for like St. Augustine or Daytona Beach you, you still have to go you know 10 miles in to get to where you want to go you know Palm Coast is is two seconds off of the exit you're at all the activity you know places to eat and all that kind of stuff so you don't have to go very far so you can get right you can get off grab something to eat get right back on the um, 95 South or North wherever you're going but uh, so it's, uh, it's pretty convenient so anytime you're down, come on by.
0: I appreciate that. I want to take you up on it, and so yes. but that, so how is how's your uh, sister up in Kiss doing with the fact that uh, you're down in Florida now?
1: Well, yeah, that's. Uh, I have three sisters, and they're all in Syracuse, and they all- I, I know, of-
0: I know one of them, so let me apologize to the other two. I I know, <laughs> I, I know, I know Miss Care Bear. So uh, yeah. my my, you know, shout out to all three sisters. But you know, I I know that I've spoken with her before about you, and um, so I mean, having them all up in Syracuse, are they jealous? Are they upset? Or are they like, cool? I got a place to come and hang out for a bit. Yeah, no, no they're, they're good, they, they're happy for
1: us, and um, I think at some point they'll be looking to move south, I don't know when, but uh, it's nice that, you know, well, Carrie really enjoys working out uh, at the airlines, and uh, she, that's, that's like, like her own family, that she, she loves that, so I think she'll be hard to uh, get away from that, but um, I think eventually they'll... Uh, you know, move south at some point or move somewhere outside of Syracuse, but not for a while. My mother's still up in Canton, New York. So, um, we, I come up there and visit, actually I'm going up there Sunday and spend a week there. And then, so we're, you know, I spend a lot of time doing that. And my three sisters, yeah, they live within a couple of miles of each other up in, uh, in Syracuse. And, uh, so it's a good place to visit. And, and, uh, you know, they still have, uh, Children, my one daughter, my sister has children still in school, so you know we're going to be there for a bit. So,
0: so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, big family, a lot of things going on. Hal Cohen, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, the wearer of number ten, hanging out with me here on Wake Up Call. Hal, do you ever look at who's wearing number ten on like a current roster and be like, you know, all right, cool, I like it. You know, that guy wore it well. I mean, do you have anybody? I mean, do you, do you, is that something that you'll do as kind of like. Because Trevor Cooney, my dude, wore number 10, yeah. and a big fan of Trev, and appreciate yeah. his friendship as well. So, do you ever kind of keep an eye out for who's the wearer of number 10 on a current roster at all? Well,
1: um, I over the years I, I, you probably do but I guess when I came to Syracuse my, I I kind of wore high 10 in like in high school and, and um but my uh, one of the heroes of Syracuse University at Syracuse was Jimmy Lee yeah. and uh, he wore number 10 and uh, and I forget so a couple other guys I think uh, Trevor and um maybe Jeannie Waldron and maybe um well um couple of the guys, but, uh, no, I do. I, I can kind of take a look. I don't even know if there was somebody wearing number 10 now. I don't, I don't even know, but, uh, um, so I, I guess I look at that at, at times.
0: You know, and when we look at, you know, this, this year's team, there's this guy, uh, you might be familiar with him. Some people might be Jim Bayheim and oh. he, uh, yeah, you know, he, he was in the league, you know, I was doing a few things for a couple of years and, You know, I don't know if he caught on with people, but, you know, he was around for a minute. And, you know, now he's not the head coach of this team. It was really interesting, Hal, how it all went down. We've had some time to think about it, but reflecting on how Jim was kind of parted ways with Syracuse, it felt strange. Uh, I was in Greensboro. I was there for the last press conference. I was in the locker room with the players minutes before the email came out. It was a very unique experience. It didn't feel great, it felt off, it felt strange, it felt detached, and in the moment it felt disrespectful. How did you kind of reflect on what transpired because it was weird for the media it was weird for the fans i mean uh, basically from my point of view i went into the press conference with jim they asked about his future and normally you know he says like if he wants to come back or he doesn't yeah and yeah. this time he was like well if the school and if the school and, and we haven't talked and they got to think about it and i thought to myself I haven't heard Jim speak this way. There was like a couple different things that he said. And I was like, I've never heard him talk like this. And, no. and then he leaves. I go into the locker room. I interview the players. I say, hey, if Jim comes back, if he doesn't come back, what are your thoughts? I spoke with almost the entire team one-on-one. And I think the last person I spoke to was Jesse Edwards. I walked out. I was the last media person in the locker room. I walked down to the snack area. I was texting one of my friends, and then literally it felt like Syracuse went outside, got on the bus, the bus door shut, and they hit send on an email that was already pre-planned. And it was like, now that we're away from the media, and nobody can interview Jim or talk to him about it, boom, there you go. How did you experience it, and what were your thoughts on it, because it just felt like an unceremonious goodbye to one of the greatest coaches of all time
1: yeah i mean uh, now that I, now that you mentioned it uh my first thought when you were talking about this i i guess i should have called you because <laughs> <laughs> we were here i we were here in, in florida and i i think we heard you know you heard what everybody else heard over the what was going on and uh we were you know we were wondering is this true or is this was really happening and uh now looking back, I guess I, I, if I had known, I should have called you and find out what's going on. So, uh, but I don't. You know, it's I don't know the whole how it all worked, but how it worked out. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go backwards first, then I'll come back to where you where we were. Yeah. So, um, so um, I was at this um, a basketball uh, fundraising uh, for uh, for Coach Beheim for his foundation there and. Turning Stone, a few years a few years ago, and he was you know introducing his players and and such, and uh, and I was out in the in the crowd, and uh, and he before he started to be introducing his players, he said I got some there are some of my former players here, and so I was looking around you know, and he says and he says my my first recruit is here, so. I was looking around with my wife, and we were looking around for Roosevelt Bowie. You know, I said, because I, I, I always, thought, <laughs> I always thought Rosie was his first recruit, and um, so I didn't see him there, and it, it turned out to be me. I was the first recruit, and then um, yeah, I was his first recruit. So I, yeah. I was thinking about, I was thinking about how that happened was when I was in high school. Uh, my the, I was recruited by uh, coach Danforth he was the head coach and coach Beheim was the assistant coach and then in April of that my senior year coach Danforth left to go to another school so I forgot um, when a new coach comes in apparently you have to uh, re-recruit over signed to come already yeah. so I had already I already signed it to come to Syracuse so I got a Call from Coach Beheim, and he became the head coach to ask me if I still wanted to come to Syracuse. And that conversation lasted about five seconds, you know. And he said, "Would you still want to come to Syracuse?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Okay." And and that, that was about it. That was great. He said, "Great. Okay, I'm coming." So, so I guess I technically I was the first recruit. And then then he went on and got Roosevelt and and Lewis after that so anyway so there was that that was the thought uh, that i had there, there goes my connection <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? when coach, when they say coach ban was not going to be the uh, coach um uh, i, I my, my, a thought that came across my mind was wow that was over whatever they what was it, 47 years or whatever it was 40 some years uh yeah. that was our that was our connection to syracuse basketball that we were we grew up with as a family and all our kids watched the games, and all the sisters and you know, everybody was a fan. And um, so, at the end, it was kind of a it's kind of a sad thing. So, um, well, how it happened, you know, obviously, obviously, everybody would want each coach, each and every coach, to go out on such a high note, you know.
0: Yes.
1: And I guess, and I guess most people, you know, people would say, well, maybe we should have left here, should have left there, and you know, who do, you know, but you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes or what's really happening so you know it's, it was a very difficult situation and obviously you would like to you know you go out and win a national championship and then then you live, at, leave on a high note that'd be great but um, I'm sure that's happened only a couple of times so um, yeah so I, I it was sad to see that that happened to someone and, and especially to him and after he had done so much for the university but hopefully um Things have been smoothed out, and hopefully, things. Uh, you know, hopefully, he's enjoying, uh, you know, um, this time. But I, I, you know, just looking back, I'm so I'm so glad for him because I, I coach my daughters. Well, I should say I coach my. Well, coach one daughter in AAU basketball, and, and, and just all my daughters in sports, and that's, that's such a great, great feeling. I mean, just I mean, what a wonderful time to be involved kids and coaching, and so I'm glad he had the opportunity to coach his kids, yeah. but uh meet all men, and everybody says, well, maybe she should have got all them but you never know, I, well, you know, if the team looked like they were going to be very good, and you, you enjoy what you do, and um, why not continue if that's what you want to do, but, um, so anyway, that's, that was my, I guess, my thoughts, um
0: well, the other thing here is uh, speaking on wake up call with Dan Tortora, and our special feature with Hal Cohen, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum, and uh, from Central New York, from the Syracuse area. You know, we, you, you know, you were talking about it and saying, you know, like that's that's your connection, that's your that's your feel, and and the importance of you know having your family around and being able to do that. You know, Jim got to coach his kids. That's an almost never in Division 1 yep. athletics. And right. and almost never 40 plus years at the same school. You know, and almost yep. never 78 years old and coaching still so you know we may never see a Jim Boeheim again I mean you look at second most wins all time in division one men's college basketball and yes I said second and I didn't stutter because the NCAA if they want our race history there's a lot of their history they're going to have to try in a race but when when, when we look at the you know time that he's had you look at the person that's above him only one. In wins, and that's Coach K, his good friend Mike Shashevsky of the Duke Blue Devils. But Mike didn't do all of that at one school, right, right? Mike did it in different places. You know, Jim is the only one to he's got the second most wins all time, but he's the only one to win all of his games to that degree and that percentage in one place, which right. is absolutely incredible. When you reflect on that and say to yourself, that you're part of a group of people that can say that they had the same boss over 47 years and how many teams that is. What does that do to like the Cuse Brotherhood and the family that you all had the same head coach within the last 47 years? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, um, um,
1: just great memories of the time when I was there but yet, you know, as the years went on, meet the new, you know, the newer players or the older players that were there. And, and, and in terms of brotherhood, in terms of looking at, uh, we've had some uh, uh, bad people who have passed away uh, recently, in the recent years, and it's been nice to. It's just a nice bond between uh, the players in terms of connecting with others, texting and things like that, and talking about. Different situations, or well, how things were going with Coach Beheim or how things were going with the people that passed away, and uh, um, so there is a nice—it is a nice connection, and and we all kind of went through it. We all have a, something to talk about, you know, a common theme throughout the, you know, uh, through over the years, and so that's been fun. Again, like that, that connection with not only our family but with the players and their families, and, and getting together always. We used to have a yearly alumni game, but then we got to the point where we couldn't get up and down the court, so we, we, we didn't have that anymore. But uh, um, it's always been nice to get back and to go to games and, and see other players that have played on the team. And, yeah, and yeah right, you, there's always that one one central figure was Coach Boeheim. Was always the, the key to coming back and to visiting and, and having, you know, comparing notes, basically. Comparing notes uh, about... Um, how he coached, or how the team was doing, or what we did, you know. And, and um, you know, for example, um, you know, we when we played the first his first four years, Coach Band's first four years, we um, we played a lot of man man defense and, and not as much zone.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, and he always played. I think when he first started out, his um, he always played a 2-3 zone out of bounds he was one of the first guys I remember doing that but we played man and all of a sudden whenever the ball was out of bounds he'd go 2-3 zone and I think we talked to him about it and you know, I think, as most coaches, you hate to get burned by an uh, out-of-bounds play on the other team because they all have these trick plays, you know. And with the zone, you really can't do that. So he figured, he was a pretty smart guy. He figured that out right away. That, uh, And I don't mess around trying to figure out how they do all their out-of-bounds play. So we'll just, let's go with the 2-3 zone. And, and then, um, and then they kind of stayed, kept going until you got the right players to play the 2-3 zone, you know, all the time. So, um, you know, so it was nice to compare. You know, when people say they always, you know, talk to the newer guys or you know that type of thing. Uh, you know, it was hard. they hard to believe that we never played man as much as we did in the past. But uh, compare how things were. I don't remember him. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I I don't remember. Um, you know, him being as more as as vocal. Um, you know. I'm thinking he always was hopeful with the referees, and most most coaches are. Um, but uh, people coming in and out of games and stuff like that, I don't remember that as much. And uh, and uh, so I'm sure as you as the years go on, your, your style changes, and, and so it's interesting to compare you know your notes with other players throughout the years and how, how he coached and, and what he how he's changed and how he's evolved and you know and uh, so. Yeah, it's it was it was a nice. Uh, I think a, that's good brotherhood. That's nice. That's a good word.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, I mean, obviously, um, you know, he was changing and evolving, and people not understanding that he didn't always do the two-three zone. Uh, as as we look at, you know, kind of your memories as we step into this new era, and you know, uh, Syracuse Orange fellow alum Adrian Autry, uh, Tate, who was the <coughs> associate head coach and a big-time recruiter for them takes over as head coach. As we step into this new era, reflecting back on everything leading up to this point, do you have a favorite memory or a favorite moment of being there on the team, something that maybe didn't happen a game? Maybe it was practice. Maybe it was on campus. Maybe it was with a teammate or with coach. Do you have moments that you go and reflect on and either laugh about or – you know, kind of say I appreciate that it happened. It taught me something. Do you have moments like that?
1: Um. Yeah. I, in terms of looking back, uh, it makes for our four years. I always look back on it in terms of what great people you know, I was. I was surrounded by I'm just teammates, in particular on our team. I mean, our, our year: Roosevelt Bowie and Lewis and myself and. Um. And I, I I look back in terms of I I just we came to practice and we worked hard and, and I don't think Rosie or Lou or myself you know caused any problems on or off the court and uh, and um, you know I obviously the team has always been successful but in particular those four years that we got them off to. a day. <laughs> I don't know if we can say we got him off to a good start or he got us off to a good start. But, uh, um, you know, we just, uh, it was just those relationships, you know, coming to practice and going to school. And, and um, it was just, uh, it was just, that, that was just, uh, just a very a great, you know, we had great coaches. We had uh, assistant coaches. We had, uh, um, you know, just, it was just a very wonderful, for, for me, it was wonderful four years and I think when we I talked to other people that I know um, that, that played at other schools or you know and maybe at Division One or Division Two, II, Division Three, or high school and you, and you kind of talk to them about their experiences in college and a lot of them say they, they really didn't they really didn't enjoy it because of maybe they didn't play enough or they you know there was the wrong situation for them or whatever so it's not like yeah, uh, so I was really surprised that uh, that uh, others didn't enjoy it. That we, and I, I, that was just a wonderful e- experience for for me just to, to spend those four years. But well, not only just our class, but we had a whole nice uh, group of guys throughout the throughout the four years. So, uh, and then in particular games so we had very. Um, I mean, games and obviously. Beating, LC uh, see freshman year, but we you know had some great game. We uh, our team beat um, um, Ernie and Bernie and the uh, uh, Ernie Grunfeld, and Bernard King, and in, uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, our fresh my freshman year, and then uh, sophomore year, we ended up beating uh, you know Magic Johnson and uh, from Michigan State in the game at Carrier Classic and. Uh, Michael Cooper, who played for the Lakers, we beat them out in New Mexico, and there were a lot of great, great games. We beat um, yeah, one. We, we had I don't know if uh, people will have to go back on this, but we, you know, the first our senior year, we um, our senior year we was our first year of the uh, the Big East uh, League. You know, it was, we, it was the first season. So he played, I think we played each team once. You know, there were seven, seven, maybe seven teams, eight teams that freshman year. And we lost to um, um, Georgetown. We had a 50, whether a seven game winning streak at home. And that was the game that John Thompson uh, uh, said of Fit Manley's officially closed. And people, we ended up tying for the league championship um, because we still had a couple more games left. Yeah. And we had, we had to go to uh, St. John's. And we had to beat... I think they tied with us. It was a three-way tie between Georgetown, us, and, and St. John's. So we had to go to Georgetown. I mean, we had to go to St. John's, so like, the last game or something. And we were down by one point, And we had to foul um, somebody it was seven seconds to go in the game and we were down one and they had a one-on-one and they uh, ended up missing the free throw and Roosevelt or somebody got the rebound or Danny Shays got the rebound threw it to me and I drove it up to court and, and uh, threw it to Lewis Orr, and he made the basket right the, at the buzzer to 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 win the game and For us to tie for the league championship, but um, so that was a that was a that was a great moment, and uh, uh, so there are many great moments, and um, but uh, and well, one can I tell you a quick side story to that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For you history buffs of forty. 50 years ago whatever, 40 some years ago but so we had a, a lump. we had to get together and one of the guys that I played with came up to me and we were talking about that game with the, the buzzer beater that, that was our I think that was our only as I recall only buzzer beater that we had over the years but uh, um, over those four years but um, um, somebody came up to me and said wow that was really something that game I said yeah that was amazing and he said uh, he said to me he goes he went from goat to hero, and I said, What, what do you mean? So I said, Well, you, you turned the ball over, <laughs> you turned the ball over seven seconds to go. I said, What? I don't remember that. He goes, Yeah, yeah. He says, That's how that's because we had to follow them because we had called the timeout, we were in, running a play to, for the last shot before that. Yeah, and I, I think I committed an offensive charge or, or something, I, did, I traveled or something, and so at they. I had gone from a goat I, 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 I guess I must have psychologically just blocked that out of my memory so they got the ball with 7 seconds to go so then we had to follow them to go to the line for 1-on-1 so, so those memories I forgot the, the bad memories I forgot but then so we ended up winning it at the but I think so many, many great wins and that thing so and obviously the Georgetown was a great loss but I was one more story for you uh, I was visiting my daughter who lives in the George, who went to Georgetown, and, and, and they have a new um, um, kind of arena with a McDonough, you know, I don't think it's in the Georgetown, but uh, the McDonough Arena, they have a whole new basketball wing. And as you come in, the first thing you see when you come in the door is a picture of that clock showing whatever the score was 50. Two to fifty-one or whatever it was. Right as you enter the building, so you're right off the bat. You and there's no other players, just a clock, and then on the side it tells us tells the story of what happened, and and that's the first thing you see when you come in there that building. So yeah. if go you're ever that. if you're go ahead yep go ahead now if you're ever down there take a look go on there, how important how important how important that game was to that program.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? It's it's the eternal rivals. It's the rivals that can't stop being rivals, not in the same conference, but, you know, rivals forever. And I just, with all this realignment and all this craziness going on, I can't help but think that Syracuse fans still want to go back to the Big East. And they don't know where they would put football, but... They want to go back to the Big East. They want to be a part of the Big East. They want to go back to the Garden. They want to play Georgetown. They want to play Villanova. They want to play Saint John's. They, you know, they want to play Providence. They want to play UConn. And, you know, I, I just, I feel like, I feel like, you know, realignment, which reared its ugly head, again you know, a decade later and multiple times this time around and to the point where there's going to be conference games that are 2,500 miles apart. I, I just, I can't help but think, and I have all the utmost respect for the ACC, and they know that, I can't help but think that Syracuse, 10 years later, still yearns for the Big East when it comes to fans And the communities and alumni—it's—it's just Syracuse Georgetown is still the biggest game of Syracuse's season to this day. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know how all that works. Obviously, it's—it's all about the money. And um, and um, I just—I just saw the paper yesterday about Stanford possibly. Join, joining the conference or something like that in ACC. But, um, um, yeah, no, that was, I mean, that was just a very special time for that, for the, the Big East and I, I can see why and I've, and I've always felt similar that I don't, I don't sense that uh, the rivalry, you know, aspect yet. I mean, the Duke games have been great and, and North Carolina has been great but, you know, the other games it doesn't just doesn't seem the same in terms of the intensity and that rivalry of syracuse versus georgia tech or something you know
0: yeah i mean it's still to this day and i say yeah. and i say this as someone who's born and raised in syracuse being a single man dating if i went out on a date had a great time with a girl and then i said hey what do you want to do and said, well you know for a second date let's take a walk You know, let's walk your dog. We'll go out and hang out on the parkway or whatever. I would go to do that, and if she showed up in a Georgetown shirt, I'd be like, it's not going to work out. Like, it's just not – this is not going to happen for us. We're not going to be – we can be a split household if you're, like, a Giants fan and I'm a Jaguars fan. But if you wear Georgetown, you're not the girl for me is how I feel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah that was uh yeah that was very That was really special i mean it. Um, and I, actually we were just the beginning of it I, I guess we were never really in it except for that last year but to see it evolve that was to develop after that you know, It was like you know you know we lost that last game to them and, and the years that followed those guys were like okay we got your back we'll, we'll, we'll get the, we'll get them back and uh, you know so we left it up to them to to the pearl and those guys to take care of Georgetown that kind of thing yeah but, awesome. yeah and it was it, yeah and also I think also in the smaller thing situation like that you you know the, the coaches are all you know had were big personalities too you know they developed you know because of that league you know I think when you start to get to fifteen, sixteen, 16, whatever, how many teams there are, I don't know, then you start to lose that, uh, the, the, those special personalities of going up against, that wasn't always, that wasn't always the, it was also the teams going against each other, but it was the coaches against each other, and then the individual players going against each other, so I think when you, the more people you get involved, it's it's harder to get great rivalries like, like we had in the Big
0: East. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and it's you know this has been such a great conversation and like a look back to history as well as like you know speaking on where we're at right now and honestly this is probably my favorite conversation that i've had with you hal and uh ever and we've had some good ones so yeah no this has been a lot of fun for me and really cool and You know i i think you know fans listening and and taking this in i feel like they're going to get a lot from this and i just really can't thank you enough for the opportunity to be able to talk with you you know whenever and for us to be able to do this here today i really appreciate it and you know uh selfishly i'm going to have to have you back on the show soon
1: yes anytime and if you're driving down 95
0: you know where you know where i am now right i do i do all right I know you're in the place that smells good and has nice memories. (laughs) So I'll look forward to making some new ones with you. And, you know, as always, Hal, I appreciate you. And I thank you for your time. And I thank you for, you know, more than anything, for your friendship. And, you know, you've always been really good to me and treated me like you've known me forever. And it speaks to your character. And I just honestly, I love talking to you. And And I feel like today is such a cool day in my history to... Have the conversation that we had so thank you for it truly all right dad thank you as well and i'll talk with you soon all right bye-bye take care